I have a message that is so important for you to hear. There is a war going on. You and I, as we live life each day, find ourselves caught in the middle of a cosmic battle between good and evil. Now, the good news is that the battle has already been won. Jesus, the Son of God, is Christ. He is Lord of all. He is victorious. And the forces that stand opposed to him have been defeated. They're defeated, but they're not yet inactive. Until he comes, they continue to be at work in hopes of misleading, deceiving, hardening as many of us as possible, so that when their final judgment comes about, we will be condemned with them. But we don't have to. We have a choice. We have a choice to be saved from this present world with all of its darkness, to be washed in the blood of God's Lamb, Jesus, to be indwelt by his Holy Spirit, to be sealed by him, to be marked as being one of God's people, to live every day of our lives under the reality that Jesus is Lord of all. Not any earthly government, not any other influencer or celebrity or personal agenda or aim. Jesus is king and we stand with him. Because of that battle that's being waged, there will be times where that determination will hurt. It won't always be easy. But if we stand on the side of the lamb, we know victory is ours. That is what Revelation chapter 14 is all about. Because after describing the dragon's war, having them cast down, having lost the war in heaven with the death, burial, and resurrection of the Christ, having described how the dragon enlists the help of human governments and false religions as the first beast and the false prophet to be able to cause all sorts of pain and tribulation for the people on the earth, misleading many to worship the dragon instead of the one true God. Revelation chapter 14 and verse 1 shows us this. Then I looked and behold, on Mount Zion stood the Lamb, and with him 144,000 who had his name and his father's name written on their foreheads. And I heard a voice from heaven like the roar of many waters and like the sound of loud thunder. The voice I heard was like the sound of harpists playing on their harps. And they were singing a new song before the throne and before the four living creatures and before the elders. No one could learn the song except the 144,000 who had been redeemed from the earth. It is these who have not defiled themselves with women for their virgins. It's these who follow the Lamb wherever He goes. These have been redeemed from mankind as first fruits for God and the Lamb. And in their mouth no lie was found, for they are blameless. Then I saw another angel flying directly overhead with an eternal gospel to proclaim to those who dwell on earth, to every nation and tribe and language and people. And he said with a loud voice, Fear God and give him the glory because the hour of his judgment has come and worship him who made heaven and earth, the sea and the springs of water. Another angel. A second followed, saying, Fallen, 
Fallen is Babylon the great. She who made all nations drink the wine of the passion of her sexual immorality. And another angel. A third followed them, saying with a loud voice, If anyone worships the beast in its image and receives a mark on his forehead or on his hand, he also will drink the wine of God's wrath, poured full strength into the cup of his anger. And he will be tormented with fire and sulfur in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb, and the smoke of their torment goes up forever and ever, and they have no rest day or night, these worshipers of the beast in its image, and whoever receives the mark of its name. Here is a call for the endurance of the saints, those who keep the commandments of God and their faith in Jesus. And I heard a voice from heaven saying, Write this, Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Blessed indeed, says the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors, for their deeds follow them. Then I looked, and behold, a white cloud, and seated on the cloud, one like a son of man, with a golden crown on his head and a sharp sickle in his hand. And another angel came out of the temple, calling with a loud voice to him who sat on the cloud, put in your sickle, and reap for the hour to reap has come, for the harvest of the earth is fully ripe. So he who sat on the cloud swung his sickle across the earth, and the earth was reaped. Then another angel came out of the temple in heaven, and he too had a sharp sickle. And another angel came out from the altar, the angel who has authority over the fire. And he called with a loud voice to the one who had the sharp sickle, put in your sickle and gather the clusters from the vine of the earth for its grapes are ripe. So the angel swung his sickle across the earth and gathered the grape harvest of the earth and threw it into the great winepress of the wrath of God. And the winepress was trodden outside the city, and blood flowed from the winepress, as high as a horse's bridle for 1,600 stadia. Here, the picture that Revelation paints for us shifts. It shifts away from those who have gone along with the beast and the false prophet, who have worshipped the dragon and received the mark of the beast, to those who have instead been marked by the Lamb, who wear his name, who stand with him as those who have kept himself pure, who follow the Lamb wherever he goes, taking us back to that image from Revelation chapter 7, from several chapters and a few devotionals prior. Those who follow the Lamb as Jesus and his apostles teach as we see throughout the gospel accounts in the book of Acts, as we learn throughout the New Testament letters to keep ourselves pure, to be honest, to really abide by what it means to live that abundant new life God wants for us. Those who stand there, those who sing that praise, who worship the one true God, stand victorious. Unlike those who instead go along with the world. Those who hear that proclamation that God exists, that Jesus reigns, that we can be saved, but instead choose to continue to live the way of the world. 
because the world will fall. In John's day, that meant Rome would fall. The empire would not be forever. That Babylon the Great, as Rome might symbolically be compared to, its days would come to an end. So you can't live for that world. Not only would Rome itself fall, but one day all that is wicked will face God's judgment and wrath. And we don't want to stand on the side of those who've rebelled against God. We don't want to face God as his enemies. No, we want Jesus to reap us as his first fruits. We want those lives that we're living each day, bearing that fruit of his spirit, becoming people that can be in God's presence for eternity by living in his presence every day now, even when we've got distractions, even when we've got pains, even when it's hard to live each day, knowing that God reigns. We want to be those people who stand with the lamb, who are caught up together with him, people so that even if we die, even if we lose our battles with disease, even if our lives are taken from us by tragedy, or even like our brothers and sisters in some parts of this world, we lose our lives to persecution. We know we're blessed because we will find true rest in the Lord. And when the Son of Man comes on the clouds, we will be with him. The alternative is to not be with him. To not live with God now. We'll still face that day but we'll face it as a day of judgment. We'll face it as a day that's described graphically, thrown into a wine press and crushed so that blood goes around for miles up as high as a horse's bridle. Imagine that symbol as John saw it, just showing how great the punishment of evil ultimately will be. Where do you want to stand? In Revelation chapter 14, we have a call to worship. If you belong to the Lamb, to live every day of your life in God's presence. Or if you don't belong to the Lamb, a warning. This is how things end. The next few chapters of Revelation would just make this even more clear. As chapters 15 through 19 talk about God's wrath being poured out, talk about what all is involved with that fall of Babylon, how no one believed it could happen, yet the world as they knew it would end. And that happens over and over again in our history. Things that we put our trust in, things that we rely on, aren't going to last. So which will we choose? Will we choose God, who's eternal? God, in whom alone we can find true rest and stand with his lamb? Or will we put our trust in things of this world that will fail and face Jesus when he comes while standing with his enemies? while standing against the purposes he wants to accomplish. Thank God, the choice is ours. He has sent his son for us. The good news that Jesus reigns has been proclaimed. What are you going to choose?